everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I am your head coach at Grace Financial Coaching, and I am super excited to welcome my friend, Daniel Rakich, today of Beantown Money Coaching. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Good. Beautiful. Looks like a beautiful New England day out there. Oh, yes. This is my office these days. I love it. I just want as much yes. light as possible. <laughs> gorgeous. Gorgeous. Love it. So Daniel is the owner of Beantown Money Coaching, as I said, and we are very excited to hear about all the dumb things he's done with money. Uh, but first, Daniel, tell us a little bit about your coaching company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a full-time personal finance coach. I sit with families and individuals who are you know struggling with their you know trying to figure out how to meet their goals trying to figure out how to turn this this kind of financial theory into reality and really make it work for them and i think that's was my journey before i became a financial coach and so i just absolutely love it because i get to just walk with people who are asking real hard questions and saying okay how do i how do i implement uh, good financial practices in my real life when i'm tired and my kids are running around and there's all kinds of craziness craziness going on so that's uh you know that's that's a bit of why why i like it but it's uh, i get to meet with some awesome couples who make really really awesome progress and this is just I, fun I think for me that's, <laughs> yeah that's a huge part of what we do is just um helping people realize that they ha one they have to set aside the time right this has to be something that you're intentional <laughs> with and then two just finding the time and sometimes having that coach just creates that accountability where it's like oh man i'm meeting with daniel today let me go let me make sure yeah. i did all my homework <laughs> Uh, but yeah, having say, that know, accountability is huge. Money is a game you don't get a choice whether you're playing or not. You're playing. You're in. And so it'd be nice to know the rules and how to how to win if you're gonna gonna have to play. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So tell us what you were doing before you were a full time coach. Yeah. So I um, I went to Northeastern University. I was uh, I worked in science for about thirteen years. I worked in academia for three years. I worked in uh, neurogenetics, and then I worked in cancer genetics for about ten years. So it's literally one month shy of ten years um, in Cambridge, Mass. And so I was really in the nitty gritty in the lab. I wore gloves and 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 white coat and all that kind of stuff, and uh, and really working on. I worked more on the technology side, um, okay. but really focusing on bringing a kind of early stage research and understanding. Uh, causes of cancer and, and the genetic backgrounds to to try to solve one of some of the world's hardest diseases. So wow. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a nerd, if you can't tell. I like that stuff. I like the uh, the technology and the end, but more importantly, what it's what it's for. That was kind of what I, where I started. Um, my my undergrad was actually behavioral neuroscience. So that's the, the combination of kind of biology and psychology of, of human uh, humanness, human biology, human psychology. And so um, I kind of joke that I'm a little bit of a math nerd as well. So financial coaching kind of is a perfect fit for me because I like balancing the the the, the psychology and the, the the mathematics together as well. I think they're both very, very important. And often I think the human side is the overlooked side in most financial plans. Most financial I was literally just gonna say think that I think enough. you think yeah. if if we've got people who are watching for the first time, it might be shocking to them to hear you talk about behaviors and and going beyond just the math because what the heck would you need the math for so right. <laughs> what do you take from your training or your degree or your background in the behavioral part and how do you bring that into the coaching 
Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I I always say that there's a lot of good financial education out there. You know, you can read Ramsey books. You can you can read a lot of good books, and there's a lot of education. Um, I would say that one of our skills, and my old boss used to say, you know, what we do here is we implement. You know, we take good things and we make them really happen. And I think that's really it's in the nitty gritty details that I think you you you. I say the devil's in the details, right? You succeed or fail based on sometimes kind of small things or small, you know something's off by a little bit that's true in science that's true when you're trying to make a robot do something you want it to do and it's off by half a percent in one step out of a million right and so there's you know practically if you're if you're finding ways you know you you can't get your password to your budget app or you can't do this or you're just not doing it at the right time or something it was seemingly stupid or seemingly small but it's been messing you up for three years you're not doing it because of something silly right and so i think that Sometimes just breaking it down step by step, you know, that kind of uh, uh, hypothesis or science-based approach is like, what is the important factor here? You know, we know in our practices that, you know, me and you, the humans in the in the room are the most important factor. We can work on the math. That, the numbers are important, but they're not the most important thing. So I think that that's, you know, I'd say the nitty gritty, really getting into the details and seeing for, for, for you, for me, for, for me and my wife, not somebody else's family, what's really holding us back? Because that's... That's going to be the most important thing that that allows us to be successful or really just stops us and we just kind of wander for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, you alluded to working with a lot of families and couples. Is that your uh, is that kind of your wheelhouse? Are you good with the, the couples um, and the it's families? Interesting. It's interesting. I really um, I know a lot of coaches have sort of a niche and like to work with certain groups. I, uh, I really like to work with everybody. I find everybody to be a challenge and to work with. I find um, and I was talking with one of our Ramsey coaches just about. Uh, kind of a wheelhouse, as you said. And I, I do find that uh, um, sometimes, uh, I think I was surprised by this, but sometimes uh, single women or kind of older middle-aged women sometimes just need some guidance in that space, something they don't have. So I find that I have a decent amount of clients in that space. Um, but I also coach younger couples and, and older couples. And so really, really a, a variety of people. Uh, uh, that's the part that just makes me smile because they're all unique. They all have their own stories and they all come from like dramatically different backgrounds, you know, and yeah. I, I, like to, is, um, I like to remind them of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is what is something you find um, that is consistent between the younger couples and the older couples? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say that I often think in terms of when I when I sit down with a couple for the first time, I say my mind works like this. I need to know three things. One, what's your goal? Why are you here, right? Two, why do you want it? You know, why is that goal important to you? And then three, just what do you need, right? You might not need me. You might need a book. You might need somebody else. I don't know what you need. Let's talk about what you need, right? And I find one thing I find is that when people originally think about their goals, um, I find that a lot of times people actually don't even know what they want to do. They just know that they're unhappy with their situation and really don't even have an exposure to what they can do. Um, and so I think I think across the board, um, I think people just dream too small. They just don't see what they could do. And, you know, if I work with a couple who's, who was 70 when I met them and they're talking about retirement and I, I think they, they can thrive, you know, and I, I can meet with a couple who's, you know, 25 and they can thrive too. And I think a lot of time it's just, well, they just want to solve one small problem. I say, oh, that's good. Let's work on that. Let's start there. Right. Um, but and once you kind of expand the the horizon to what you could do, that's when I think you see more smiles and more like, wow, I can really do this. This is really an option for me. I didn't even know people like me could do this, right? Um, I think that's that's uh, 
uh, dreaming a little bigger than maybe we would start. But I totally understand. People are busy and just trying to solve a problem and get to the next day and things like that. And so. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, and sometimes, like you said, when it's, it, it seems like, it seems like a dollars and cents, black and white numbers on a page issue. Maybe the person is not even thinking, you know, as we say, like forest beyond the trees kind of thing, you know, but they're still thinking, okay, I just need to eliminate this one weed from the garden and then the garden's going to be okay. And it's like, your garden can get so much bigger, just not from eliminating that one weed, but like a little fertilizer here and making sure you water every day. And so I I like that. Give yourself a Um, chance. Yeah. Yeah. I really like what you said about people dreaming too small. Definitely. Definitely. So... I created this show, Daniel, to help other people realize, like the ones we're talking to and the ones we coach, um, that even though you may have screwed up with your money in the past, uh, (laughs) they can learn from our experiences so they don't screw up. So what is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money? Yeah, it's a great question. I I love being personal about about this kind of stuff because I think it's so helpful. Um, And I would say, honestly, it was just not understanding or not having a really clear picture of what student loans exactly meant. And I understood that I was taking out, I took out about $60,000 in student loans over my uh, college career. And um, I would say that I just didn't, you know, I kind of, I got a pretty reasonable scholarship. So I I had a lot of my tuition paid for, but I still had to pay a lot. And so um, I think I just didn't fully get what that meant. And I never really looked at the numbers to a serious degree. And so I just followed the, signed the paperwork, kept moving. And and, you know, that was that was looking back, uh, you know, I would say if I was doing that for any other reason, if I was about to spend $60,000 on a car or lottery tickets or anything, I should probably think about that a little bit, a little bit more. And so right. I, I the think that's probably the research we would do if it was a yeah. $60,000 vehicle is uh, just right. astronomical compared to what we did when we signed for our student loans. Right? I would watch a lot of YouTube videos or something. <laughs> I would just try to learn, right? <laughs> Tell me about this car. Tell me about this program. What am I doing? And I think that, yeah. you know, of course, that was a little while ago. So, you know, I'm I'm 37. So it's been a few years. But I, I think that still we need to not understanding the weight. Of, of the decision was, I think, the most important thing. And and uh, I was among the first generation in my family to, to go to college. So we didn't have a ton of experience with it. And we were, you know, making decisions, trying to figure out the best thing to do. We were just doing the best we can. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. Did you have any older siblings who kind of blazed uh, the no, path? I'm the or oldest, no? but my, uh, I have some cousins who are older than me who went before me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am the oldest as well, too. And I think, you know, every time your parent does it, they learn something else right. <laughs> with the next kid. And by the time they get to the third or fourth one, they're like experts on it. They're filling out the FAFSA in their sleep, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so what, um, let's go a little bit deeper. When you, when you, you sign the paperwork for Sally Mae, right? Okay. Sounds good. Blah, 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 blah. What, what do you think our students today should be doing? What should they be thinking about now? Um, what should they be thinking about yeah. now that they're going to need to pay for in their future that they might not be taking into account right now? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I would say that it, it, there was a moment when I realized something was like a little off. And I think it was like my third year when I had to renew my student loans for the next year. And I went on Sally dot gov or com or whatever it was and i i remember like there was literally a field box that said how much money do you want and i said uh i don't know how much money do i need and i just like i literally like took out a napkin wrote down how much rent was thought about how much i needed just to live and i just put in like i don't know fifteen thousand dollars or whatever it was 
And at that moment, I was like, I could put anything in this box. <laughs> I could put $50,000. I could put whatever I want in this box. Maybe they wouldn't approve it, but I'm pretty sure they actually would have. Um, oh and so gosh. I think that. I think that was just kind of a, a moment where I was like, I don't know if I should be driving this car. <laughs> it just seems a little dangerous. Um, yeah. And so I think, I think for kids today, um, and so you know, what what could I have done differently that people could do could do better? I, I would say one is just scholarships, right? Understanding that you know, even before you get there. And I think the biggest challenge that I would have pursued is scholarships while you're in school. You know, there's a lot of different. Um, things you can do and there's a lot of and there's a ton of podcasts a ton of people working on this now to really um help you find you know a thousand dollars here two thousand dollars here all that you know in the same degree that i could have changed that number from 12 to 13 to 14 to fifteen thousand dollars, i could have brought it down by doing a few applications and like things like that you know i, I just can't people. believe you did your very first budget on a napkin while sitting in front of the Sally Bay <laughs> website congratulations right, like, <laughs> uh, what do i need <laughs> yeah um so yeah, that oh, was yeah, that's a little scary. I don't think people should do that. Yeah. Um, so but, let me ask you this, and I know I yeah. didn't even warn you would be getting into this, but yeah. what is your opinion on going to college today? Period. Obviously, if you're going to go yeah, into the scientific question. field, you need to have some sort of degree in something, right? You yeah. know, if maybe you're just a research assistant, you have to have community college, and yeah. then two years in you know specificity. And what what in Let's talk about the people who really need the degrees and then what's your opinion on people who might not need them? Right, right. I think there's there's a couple of, you know, I always think, okay, like, who am I talking to, right? If I'm talking to somebody who's in school right now, you're already in there. What are you going to do now, right? You you're, you can't, it's hard to stop. Yeah, you what know, are you going to do, think, walk out, and right? If you're, you know, and my, my, uh, my son is six years old and my daughter's seven years old. And so as I think about what are we going to do for them, obviously we're going to try and save up, but if you don't have enough, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I would say, you know, there was a there was a couple of key decisions that I made during school that I, as I look back, you know, when I came in, I was an undecided major, and then I switched to psychology for a while, and then I was considering pre med with psychology, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and then I remember thinking, you know, what do people do with psychology degrees when they're done here? And then I there was an opportunity for behavioral neuroscience, which was kind of like psychology pre med. It was just more hard sciences and in that space, and so. Um, I, I kind of calculated in my, you know, 20 year old head or whatever old I was that I could do better if I had that degree behind me because I was starting to put some math behind it. I was starting to figure it out that I, you know, I was going to graduate soon. I need to figure this out. Right. And so I think that, um, and I think we're in this space where everybody wants to dream what they want to be when they grow up. I think you also want to be practical about that and say, okay, if I have a psychology degree, but I'm reasonably well-versed in science, what can I do with that? If I have a behavioral neuroscience degree, well, what can I do with that when I come out? And so I think if you're already in there, then be thinking about two years from now, what what do I do? You know, what do people do that go ahead of me? Right. What, what kind of jobs did I get? And um, yeah, I would say most practically, if I'm thinking about my uh, six and seven year old one is if mom and dad can start now on the 529s and save, that's great. If you're, you know, 15 years old and your parents haven't saved anything at all, then that's a different uh, ball game. I would say, you know, First of all, you just need to learn what you want to do, right? You want to 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 just got to learn about yourself. I think is the biggest important thing. And so, yeah, try to uh, take classes as inexpensively as you can, right? I, I would yeah. I would say obviously I I uh, I did a I did a talk to a uh, church youth group a while ago, a couple a year ago or so, and the day that I went to talk to that group, I got a lead from a client uh, from a, somebody to work with, and it said, "Hi, my name's I don't know what her name was." Suzanne or something like that, right? And it said, 
I just graduated. I have a degree in this. I have $100,000 in student loans and I make $32,000 a year. Can you help me? And so, and I literally, I, I scrapped my talk or at least the first few minutes of my talk that day. And I put it up on the screen and I said, by the way, this woman called me today. She's five years older than you. Do you want to be her or do you want to be somebody else? Because oh. It's really easy to be her. Right. And so um, I'm not saying school's bad. I'm just saying there's a lot of people coming out in that situation. So be prepared, be informed, which is what I wish I did. I wish I just had a little bit more. Would I have yeah. changed things dramatically? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's hard to look back and say what you would have done. Um, but I would, I would, I think if you wake up, if if you if you're in high school or if you're work looking to go to college in that space, and you get up every day, look for all the scholarships you can, try to find the best ROI from schools you're going to and where you want to go, you're going to do okay, right? You may not be yeah. perfect, but you're going to do a lot better than if you just get that napkin out and say, hey, Sally May, I think I'll take I can't help but think that putting that thing up on the screen for that youth group really is like, it's really an example of, of that old old show, Scared Straight, where they would bring kids right. into a prison. I mean, that was the equivalent of showing right. them what it's like. If you continue on this path, you are going to be in financial prison. Um, our friend Beverly agrees with you. That's huge. Find out for yourself what you really want to do and whether the career you're considering suits you. That was my big mistake going into science. Thanks for putting that in there, Beverly. And, uh, and yes, she also makes another great point. It is so much easier to research careers now than back in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of tools Now you just right type now. it into Google, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of opportunity now that definitely, I mean, uh, I, I wish I had some of that. Um, but I think, you know, there were people my age who were trying and doing better than me, right? And so I think in the, in the end, it comes down to effort. If you just put in that effort, you'll get as far as you possibly can. And that's, that's as best you can do. And so I think just treating it like it's a real big, important thing, because it is. Yeah. And I know you mentioned that you and your wife are looking into the 529s already for your kids at ages six mm -hmm. and seven. What would you mm -hmm. tell a couple or a family um, where college is maybe not expected, where maybe it's going to be a trade school or the military? What would you suggest? Because obviously 529, sometimes that pigeonholes your money uh, into right. an area where you might not use it. Yeah, I would say um, the 529 is a very flexible plan. And so it's really transferable. Uh, it can be transferred up, down, and sideways to different family members and things like that. So there's a lot of advantages there. Um, I, I would say it can also be used for different levels of education, too. Um, I think it's just moved down. I don't, I don't know if I'm 100% sure on this, but I think it just moved down to where you can use it for, for uh, private schools and things like that, um, yes. for even high schools and things like that. I know those were some recent changes in the past year or so. And so um, I, I would say that in the worst case scenario, what happens you put some money in there um, and you pay a penalty on it that you wouldn't uh, normally have paid. Uh, that is worst case scenario. I don't want that to happen. Um, that's probably still better than um, than not not saving anything for, for sure. school or something like that, right? Um, now, of course, a brokerage would be better than that if that's what you're going to do. But I would say when you are, uh, if you're focused in that way and, and you're and you try and say, okay, what does this look like for my family? Then I think you know, life's not perfect. You may make a mistake here or there. And I think that's a kind of a big theme, right? Is that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to try and, mm -hmm. and do a couple of things and work hard in it and figure out what is the best way to implement it for, for your family. Cause it's not going to be the same as, as everybody else's. 
Right, right. I think you know, sometimes did, you know people have heard the old five twenty nine thrown around so much that they they think it's the only way to do it. And it's not the only right. way to do it. Um, and it is definitely, like you said, it's definitely more flexible now than it was uh, even probably even four or five years ago. So yeah. I, I do yeah. agree. Uh, for some people, if 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 we know college is not happening, we'll go the brokerage route. But other than that, right. I think I, I would agree with your assessment there. You know, and I would say that you, you know each family is different and you don't have to be committed to one Think about kid, kids coming out of college now. They don't even know what they want to do. And so I think uh, having that base education is a great, great place to start. And then you get to, my biggest thing is have freedom to make the choice about what you want later and not necessarily be locked into 20 years worth of payments or something oh, like that. There's oh my gosh. Something yeah, in front of all. I know it, it's crazy. It's crazy to, to to think and see and and know and experience, right? We've experienced paying right. these loans off later in life <laughs> beyond the college, uh, beyond the college graduation year. So, Daniel, I really want to thank you again for sharing your financial blunders with us and all of your experience. And I hope everybody, if you joined us late, I saw a bunch of people jump in late today. Um, please go back and watch the replay on the YouTube video and make sure to join us next week for another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest. Thing I've ever done. Thanks again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.